Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, Business for Beginners, where we share the good, the bad, and the funny. Yes, this is unscripted, raw, and truthful business knowledge for the aspiring entrepreneur who wants to grow their empires. This entire podcast is unscripted. We don't plan for things. We just talk about business. We talk about excitement. We talk about life. We talk about the real truths behind business, and we love to talk about what went right, what went wrong, what could have been better, and definitely what made you laugh. Now, what made you laugh is really important. So, hey, welcome. My guest, my guest is Shelly Rios. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about this one thing. This one thing is this, a spouse's perspective on being married to a serial entrepreneur. A spouse's perspective on being married to a serial entrepreneur. Because sometimes, you know, this is my wife, Shelly, you know, and, and I'm interviewing my own wife. So when you interview your own wife, I think you're typically going to get some, some, I would say, things maybe you don't want to hear. I mean, that's going to be, you know, where this comes to the truth. I always want the truth when it comes to marriage because to me, if you don't tell me the truth, then well, shit, I think it just sucks at that point. I want you to be honest, be upfront, tell me the truth, tell me what you really think, tell me what you really mean. And in this podcast, we're just going to interview her and I'm going to put her in the hot seat a whole bunch today. And I hope she can put me back in the hot seat. Yes. Now, was she nervous to do this podcast? Were you nervous, Shelly? Yes, I was. Oh, yes. She's (laughs) super nervous, 100%. It's just crazy. But at the end of the day, in order to be great in life, we have to learn to be a little more uncomfortable sometimes and do things that are out of our comfort zones. Now, what does she benefit from this? Nothing but getting to roast her husband a little bit sometimes, maybe. I mean, she's typically pretty good. She doesn't roast me. So, you know, let's hope she doesn't roast me today. And I know some of you are probably hoping, let's roast that fucker. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's just roast him, cut him down. Well, but that's not what we do in this relationship. So one thing we teach in marriage is this, is that you always stand up for your spouse, whether they're right or wrong. And then if they're wrong, and then you go to him privately and say, hey, dude, hey, chick, you should have done it differently. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> we try not to fuck it up at all. The whole point of this podcast is I want you to get something out of it. I want you to walk away feeling inspired, empowered, believing that you can do more than you ever thought you could do. I want you to believe that you can have the best life ever, and I promise you, you can if you just take the time to build the life you want. So I told someone the other day, I said, you know what the best business is that you'll never ever that you'll never have? Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? What is it? It's the one you never start. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that? It's the one you don't start. The best business you'll never have is the one you never start. You can't be great until you start. Am I right? Right. I mean, so so we're gonna add, we're gonna we're gonna sort of put her on the hot seat. Now, here we go. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, Shelly, to be on the hot seat? Mm-hmm. No, she's not ready. But let's <laughs> put her on the hot seat anyway. Okay. So, how long how long have you known me? Eighteen years. See, she's already lying already. Okay, guys. <laughs> unscripted me. She doesn't remember things. I mean, it's been 18 and a half 18, years. 18 so, plus years. So we're going to get this right. 18 and a half years. 18 all right. And a half years. All right. So, so knowing me all these years, what is the one thing you found about me that you found interesting, that you liked, that you disliked uh, as far as business perspective goes? Oh my gosh. He, he wants to grow and grow and grow. I mean, the proof is in the pudding right here. He, he constantly wants to grow in, in knowledge, and he reads... I mean, every one of these books he's read at least two times, probably, and some 500 times. And that, to me, is just... Oh, my gosh, because for one... Sorry, I guess I probably shouldn't do that. For one, I don't like to read. Um, I'll admit that. And he always teases me. He's like, Shelly, this, this book has pictures. You can read it. Um, that's just something I... I'm, I'm just not a reader. 
And so I, I've read a few, but he likes to grow in his knowledge. And that's one thing he does. And, and we just got a book today in the mail. He goes, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this book. I mean, he just loves to improve his knowledge. And that's how he does it. He learns and learns and learns. And that's just so inspiring to me because he wants, he's so smart. And, and, he, and he's learned so much from all these books and, and watching podcasts like one we're creating and just learning from other people. And that's just been so inspiring to me because that's something that I don't do very well at. And I mean, I've learned so much from him just hearing him teaching me, teaching other people just in five and 10 minute conversations about things that he's learned and these thousands of books that you see behind us. And it's just so inspiring. You know, and that's really cool. You think about that because we're, that shows how we're so different because now you've worked for the same company for how many years? 32 and a half years. 32 and a half oh, years. Actually, no, I'm sorry. See, she lied again, guys. We caught her in her second <laughs> lie today. Okay. My anniversary, I started as a contractor. My anniversary is like now, 32 years now. So 32 years. Now. Wow. So who have you worked for for the last 32 years? I work for MasterCard. I can say that, right? Yeah. yeah. I work for MasterCard. I love it. Um, that's one thing that, again, that's another thing that's very, very, very different as I'm, I'm content in my, in my job. Um, I don't want to go start a business. I love working with him and starting our businesses together. It would be something I would never do on my own. Never in my life I would ever do that on my own. But with him, I love doing it. But it had to take him to encourage me to do that. But I am a content type person. I love my job. I love my my coworkers. I love learning in my job. And I do learn in my job still and that's why I'm still happy there because I do learn things there every day but I am a content type person and I'm happy there well I always called her my sugar mama that's what I've, <laughs> I've always called you my sugar mama like every guy needs a good sugar mama is what I always say I mean seriously she's had a great job for so many years she's very content she's very happy she's been able to find a phenomenal life doing what she loves to do this is the difference between I think someone who wants to be a business owner, an entrepreneur versus someone who just really enjoys what they have in life. I don't believe everybody should be an entrepreneur. I believe everybody has the potential and the ability to be one, but I don't believe everybody should be one because it's really not what they want to do. Don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. So let me ask you a question. Did you, did, did you ever try to start a business with your husband that did not work? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, let's, so, so let, let's talk about this business that we tried to start that did not work. I mean, because this is the real truth behind business. Sometimes you try things, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. And I want you to understand as a listener that everything you do is not going to work out and it's okay. Move the hell on. Don't sit there stuck, not knowing what to do, how to do it. Just fucking move on and just make your life better. All right. So we're going to talk about this. So what kind of business did we try <laughs> that ended up not working? It was actually... A really cool idea, and it was called My Fitness Reminder. So wait, wait. So My Fitness Reminder. What the hell is My Fitness Reminder? What are we going to do? Remind someone to work out? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was his idea, and it was it was a great idea. But what what did it sound like? What did it kind of sound like? Oh yeah, that other business, My Fitness Pal. Yeah, and that's where that's where it went poop because our lawyer said. Eh, we're not going to win against my well, fitness. Well, so so let's just go back a little bit well, of history. Yeah. We were filing for some trademarks for for myfitnessreminder.com and then we had the contention from the other company which was yeah. like was said, "Hey, look, it's too close, it's too similar. 
So we had to change it. But I didn't really care about fitness like as a business. It was just an idea. I thought, well, let's let's build something where we're gonna we're gonna send you a text message that right. morning. Like, do you want to work out at seven o'clock? We're gonna send you a text message at fifteen to seven with a motivational story. Hey, it's time to get them go work out. It's time to move your ass. Get going. I mean, we had all these really cool, fun ideas, and we were trying to shoot videos and do all these different things and spent a lot of money on the trademarks and just doing all the start of the build out. And I realized, you know, this isn't really what I want to do at all. We weren't going to fight with the lawyers. We weren't going to win against my fitness pal. No, and we, so. were, we were never going to win, and we, nor did we really want to. No. It, was, it, it was one of those businesses to where it was a good idea. It was, it was a good idea. We had a team of five or six of us that were on board and gung-ho with us and and, and a great group of people on a different, and they were in different fitness levels and, but they were all in agreement. I mean, the, all... I, the idea essentially was a good idea. I mean, I think that the idea is still a good idea, but it was like, we weren't ready for that idea, I think for our lives. And it really wasn't something that I was passionate about. It was just a fun idea to make some money is all I thought of, thought of it as. Right. So then so then let's talk about business. When, when when did I when did I start my first business, and what did you think about that when I started that business? I mean, were you a little scared? Were you a little nervous about this? Yeah, it was back in two thousand eight. Remember that date? Actually, it was September two thousand eight. So about this time. Yeah, it was scary. It was scary, but I think the fact that I had a full time job definitely helped with our family. Obviously, I had insurance, so that obviously Sugar mama. helped. Sugar mama. Um, but he planned and he planned for months and months and ahead of time. I mean, he did everything right. And by the book, if there was a book, which he didn't have a book, but if there was a book, he followed that book and he did everything and he planned. So, I mean, it was still scary, but we felt really good about it because he did plan and he didn't take, you know, flip the switch or take that, that step until we were ready. And Again, it was scary, but he planned, he built clientele before he quit his job. I mean, it was a good transition, but it was still, of course, very scary. But it was also fun because I knew he was going to be home more. Well, sort of, because in the beginning he did do a lot of the work. He didn't have a lot of employees. I think it was him and one or two other people. So obviously he was going to be busier, but it was also going to be fun because it was something that we were building together, even though I was only doing minor things. I helped with the books a little bit in the beginning, but I still wanted to be part of it because I wanted to be part of it, even though I knew I wasn't, couldn't do any of the plumbing, obviously, and I had a full-time job, and I was still taking care of the house, but I wanted to be part of it, and I wanted to do what I could do, which was the books. Um, but one thing that was fun, talking about you know the fun part, was when we came up with the name. <laughs> yeah. So our last name is obviously Rios, and we uh, instilled our family, our kids. We have six kids between the two of us, and we're like, hey, we need to come up with the name of this company. It's a family company. What do you guys think? And we came up with Rivers Plumbing, and Rios, obviously in Spanish, is Rivers. So that's how we came up with the name. We thought it was really cool. It was fun. We included the family, and it just meant a lot to me. I know it meant a lot to the family. And that's how we came up with the first company name. Well, um, and that, so just a little backstory on that. So my, I've worked in the plumbing industry for 27 years. And I worked in construction total for 32 years. 
So when we started our first company, it was a plumbing company. That was September 1, 2008, right in the middle of the recession. So the day, now I had a great job. I had a really good job. Mm -hmm. I had a great job, worked for a great company here locally, and they treated me like a king. There was nothing short of me having a phenomenal place to be. But I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted more, but I also hated those words of, we might just have to lay you off if things get slow. So when we take a little, go further, a little further back, in my early 20s, I worked as a welder. And I remember being laid off 14 times in four and a half years as a welder. I lived in California, and it was just such a struggle. My life was horrible. It was a struggle. It was just challenging. And, and I knew I never wanted to experience that feeling again. So when we started this company, I remember the day I give my notice. Uh, I heard people tell me, Oh, you'll be back begging for your job. You're gonna be, you're gonna come back begging for this, begging for that back, and you know, and and I've just, but I committed to the process. Because, I mean, when you quit a great job, and you have burned all the boats, and you have nothing left except for just to go do this, it forces you to be pretty damn creative in making making money and making your clientele come in. I mean, it was, I didn't know how to market, didn't know how to advertise, I didn't know how to do any of those things, but I did read two books. I mean, and I have those on my shelf somewhere. Two books specifically on how to start a plumbing company. So when I think of business, I think about proper preparations makes it easier to get your business going. Day one, I think you should be making money when you start a business. We love the service-based industry. And we'll go into more of those business stories here in a second. But we love service businesses where you're paid same day for a job you did that day. It's just you can very quickly make money very fast. The point here is you got to prepare. You got to prep. I mean, just like she said, I prep, prep, prep. I planned for six straight months. I got all the licensing. I did everything I needed to do for six straight months that when day one came, we, I think we made like $15,000 our first week of actually being in business. Yeah, I, I mean, it was huge. I mean, when we hit a million dollars in business the day before Thanksgiving in 2012, only five or 6% of businesses ever do a million dollars a year. That was a huge step to be able to hit that mark. That's a big benchmark, but you know, but I set goals. I mean, I set big goals and these goals were, I had a one year goal. I think my one year goal was like a hundred grand. I didn't know what to expect. I had never been in business. I mean, we had never been in business. We didn't know what to expect. So first year in, we're doing 300 plus thousand. We're like, hell yeah, we're doing good. And you know, and then we just kept growing each year after that. And then until we finally sold that business. So, so let's, let's sort of evaluate that business. What was some of the hardest things for you as a spouse to deal with in that business, as your husband, you know, through struggles, through successes, through whatever it was. Hiring and firing employees. <laughs> or uh, finding them first, and then hiring them, and then firing them. That was always a challenge. And coming home and, I mean, I don't want to say complaining, because in a negative way, just, you know, obviously he's going to tell me things that were going wrong and right, but, and I don't want to make it sound like nagging, but... Obviously, employees are the biggest, most important piece of a business, but it's also can be the most challenging piece of a business. And and in the plumbing world, you know, you have the late, you have the union shops, and you have the non-union shop. And we were a non-union shop, so finding employees that are non-union was was a challenge sometimes. And he constantly had ads out almost all the time. He would run an open ad for plumbers because the it was a revolving door. Sometimes they'd come you know, and, and go. And, and I think the part of the part of the problem with the revolving door, you know, starting out in the first company, it was a lot easier to get employees in than it is now today. I mean, I, I have friends who own companies and they can run an ad for three years straight and get maybe five people to apply. 
you know, they can offer 50 bucks an hour, 60 bucks an hour. They can offer them the sun, the world, everything under the sun, and they get nobody. But I think when I look back as far as all the way back to 2009, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, I look back at all my failures as a business owner. Because, you know, you only know what you know until you know more. You're not a good leader until you're a leader and you've learned what not to do as equally as what to do and how to do it better. I mean, I tell you, for me, it was a challenge because I had never had employees before, didn't know what it was like, and I had a really high standard that I had set for myself and as a business. Now, I came up with a high standard working in, in the trades. Everything I did was very high standard, very high quality. I refused to let anybody work for me who had a low standard. But my problem is I didn't know how to train them at that time in my life. I really didn't know what to do to train them. So I feel like a lot of my employees probably got the raw end of the stick there because I had such a low tolerance for, I fired a guy for being a minute late one day. Uh, it was her nephew. <laughs> Seriously. But I mean, but my standard was so high. I, want, I wanted you to take it serious, whatever you did. Well, he came from Texas a union shop that did treat their employees that way. So that's why he oh my was God, set yes. yeah. to that standard. You're a minute late to work there where, where I live there in and Dallas. And fired. I mean, they didn't tolerate anything at all. And, and it was really cool that so, way. So that's why he was trained in that manner. And right. And he just felt. And he, and he acted that way when he worked for the plumbing company he worked for here. He, you know, early is on time. On time, time is late. late. And he even acts that way in our personal life. Well, that's another podcast. That's, another that's podcast. a whole other story. Yeah. That's we, another podcast. We have this whole thing where she can be late. I, can, I need to be on time. She wants to be late. We're going to the airport. That's like, another podcast. Uh, oh, that's Honey, another that's podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> on the husband-wife-like challenge, like, what the fuck? But seriously, I mean, but I had a very high standard in business. And, and I think, you know, when you saw me down at my worst and when I was challenged with many challenges, because I know you saw me stressed out so many times. Because let me tell you this. When you go into business, I promise you one thing for a fact. You're going to have times where you're so stressed out and you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to do at all. You don't know what to do with your life, your time, because you only know what you know until you know more. That's the problem. I found myself at a place in 2011 to where... I was stuck. I mean, I was doing a little over half a million a year, and once again, I'd never been in business. I didn't know what to do or how to build a service business properly. And then I decided to hire a business coaching company. I hired a company, and I paid twenty-five grand, twenty-five thousand dollars in two thousand eleven to hire a company to help me grow our business. And at the time, I thought he was insane. She still to probably me, thinks I I'm thought, insane. Sorry, yeah, she still thinks I I'm thought insane. That was a lot of money. Um, and, and it really I, it was a lot of money considering that you're only doing a half a million a year. You're investing $25,000 into something that you don't really know if it's going to have a return, a return on your investment. But I trusted him. It was his business. I trusted him that he was making the right decision. And, and, it, and it was, and it did. And it did return. It had a really oh my God. Well, positive I mean, ROI. So let's say we, we invested twenty five grand into that company and, that, and we generated an additional half a million dollars in that year. So we went from being a half a million dollar company to $1.1 million just like that from that $25,000 investment. I learned more in three days by sitting around people who are some of the most successful in this industry than I did in three years of being in business. 
I learned so many things of what to do, what not to do, what to do better. It, it was amazing. It changed my entire life, my entire perspective of business because now all of a sudden, now we're growing, now we're making money. Then each year we continued to grow before we sold the company. So, so let, let's, let's sort of share, you know, when I came home stressed, did, did I take it out on the family? So what are your thoughts, you know, me, you seeing me walk in the house stressed? Because when you're in business, it never goes away. You think, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. It's all going to be great. I'm not going to have any problems at all. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. When you start a business, you'll have more problems than you can dream of. You're going to have problems every single day, things that you don't think about, things that, and you're going to have to learn to adapt and overcome over and over and over and over. So I carried that stress every day. I'd bring it home and she, and she would tell you that, man, I would feel stressed. I'd cry sometimes. And, and, and so what was it like for you having to deal with that every day, knowing you had a job, your husband's stressed out? I mean, he's, so what was it like for you? I mean, you never, you obviously brought it home, but you didn't take it out on the family. But you can tell he was stressed, he was tired, but you still carried on with your husbandly, fatherly duties. You know, kids still had soccer practice and football practice, and that still happened, and that still uh you know, you still took care of those, but you you could tell that you were stressed, you were tired, you'd still take phone calls, you know, van would break down, you'd take a phone call, and, and then there'd be a <laughs> few cuss words that came out of his mouth, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's... And, and, and I don't like to get mad. I'm, the, I'm one guy, I don't like to get mad, I don't like being angry, I can't stand the feeling of being angry, but I know in business, and, and one, thing I, one thing I committed myself to was never taking it out on my employees, if they screw something up. I mean, I've had employees crash vans. One employee took a van uh, after hours, took it and went and got drugs, totaled the van. I mean, I mean, we have stories and stories and stories that we can tell you that of employees that, that are on bath salts, cocaine, crack, meth. I mean, you're like, but when you hire them, you don't know that. I mean, you could, they could pass the perfect drug test and you never know that they have these issues. They're just issues that come up that you find out later. And he was very good at, he may go off on them, but then it was over. But go off on it. But my he, going off on them is more of like, I'm going to talk to you. Because my philosophy right. was this, was right. if I have to yell at you, I don't want you there in the office. I don't want you there as our right. teams. If it gets to the point where I have to feel like I have to yell at you to get your attention, then we probably shouldn't be working together right. as a team. I didn't see any value in that. And I, and I live like that in my own family. But if I do get upset, it's, 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 I'm upset. It's gone fast. I mean, I move on. In business, I learned that you're going to be faced with a lot of challenges and you can't spend your life pissed off because you'll be pissed off all the time otherwise. I think the biggest thing is just let some shit go. Let some shit go. So we're, we're going to tell you a story. Being stressed out is real in business. I mean, sometimes she'll tell you that she watched me cry one morning or rather listened to me cry. I mean, I'm a baby sometimes. <laughs> So this is a little crazy story. I was in business probably for six years during the first time. And I remember laying on the side of the bed or sitting on the side of the bed. And I, uh, and I was, it was struggling. Things were tough. I mean, I, I'm investing all this money. And I think part of, but let's go back. To, I think part of the problem was, was we tried to grow too fast. Wouldn't you agree? At that point of business, we tried to grow right, way too fast. Yeah. I was gung-ho. And then, and it, had raising six kids, oh, having a wife. I had to raise two. No, seriously, <laughs> raising six kids and having a great wife to help support that. 
you know, from soccer to dance, cheerleading, everything that our kids did, everything that we wanted to do in our personal life, going to church. We were also youth pastors at that time many years ago. You know, having, having all this, it created a lot of stress and a lot of challenges. But this one morning in particular, I just was stressed out. I mean, to, to no end. I was at my, at my wit's end. And I always told myself, I said, you're always just three feet from gold. You're always just three feet from gold. There's a book right up here, uh, right, right up there on the very top by the basketball called Three Feet from Gold. What a phenomenal book. What a phenomenal story. If you've never read the book, read the book. I mean, it's, the story will help motivate you to keep going when things get tough. I mean, and realize that maybe you just need a little more information. But let's get back to the story. So I was sitting on the side of the bed crying. And I mean, I'm just crying, 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 crying my heart out. And I remember I prayed that morning and I said, God, you must totally hate me. These are the words I said, God, you must totally hate me. Because I was struggling. It was just tough. I mean, I had never faced so many challenges from growth. And, and I could have done it differently. And I did do it differently the second time around. But that morning, that same morning, I go to the office. Uh, I mean, I shake it all off. Okay, I'm good to go. I get to the office. My son's working in our office too at this time, and he's across the office from me. The phone rings. Now we always, we we always, you know, monitor my phone calls and screen them because everybody wanted to talk to me all the time. I would have no life if we didn't screen the calls. The phone rings, and this and Sam answers the phone, and he says, you know, "Thank you for calling." And the guy goes, "Hey, can I speak to Eric Rios?" He's like, well, he's not available right now, but can I take a message? And the guy goes, yeah. Can you tell him that uh, God told me to call him? I mean, I mean, what would you think? If somebody called up and said, hey, can you tell him that God told me to call him? What would you think about that? Yeah, the guy's crazy. The guy's crazy, yes. Fell off, his... fell off his rocker, for <laughs> sure, right? But seriously, the guy goes, can you tell him that God told me to call him? So Sam says, okay, hold on a second. He's like, dude, dad, dad, there's this guy on the phone. He says, God told him to call you. And I'm like, dude, I got to hear this phone call. I definitely got to hear this phone call. So I jump on the phone. Hey, this is Eric. How can I help you? He goes, hey, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you. He says, but I was sitting here praying and God told me to call you. I'm like, okay, well, I'll bite. I said, I'll bite. I'll hear what you have to say. First things first, I asked him, I said, so how do you even know who I am? How do you know my name? He goes, you know, I'm sitting there praying, and God said, open this phone book and put your finger down. We go, and he puts his finger down right on my face that had my name under, under my face there. And I mean, he says, I'm looking at your name. And he said, God told me, call this guy right now. And at this point, I'm like, I just prayed that morning, God, you must totally hate me. Now, all of a sudden, this old guy who's 76 years old calls up. And he says to me, he says, Eric, he says, I have nothing to gain from this phone call. But God told me to call you and tell you it's all going to work out. Chills. <laughs> I mean, he said it's all going to be okay. I got to be honest with you. I just started crying at my desk. I just started crying. I started crying because I was stressed to no end. I really was. I was stressed. You know, and, and, I, and the one thing I always did is I tried to hide my stress when I, when I, when I went home, I tried to never carry that into the house and make the family feel that burden, feel that pain, feel that stress. Because I can tell you what stress is in business. I mean, when you got 
payroll due that week of twenty thousand dollars. You only got two thousand dollars in the bank, and you're thinking to yourself, "How the fuck am I going to make payroll? How the hell am I going to make money?" And that's sometimes the stresses that you face when you try to grow too fast. I think is that we we tend to get more payroll than we have pay coming in, mm-hmm. or you may have money sitting out there in, a, in your accounts receivable in AR, but right. but it's sitting there, right. and you know we didn't have that coming in. Right. So I know you remember that day well. I mean, yeah. as far as, uh, of course, I came home. But we ended up selling that company. We ended up selling that company. So tell me something, Shelly. What else did we end up starting? What else did we end up doing? What kind of business did we start? Uh, the carpet cleaning, restoration. Well, that was, when did we start that? We started that with Rivers, didn't we? No. Oh, we started that after? Yeah, after the fact. Okay. I don't remember the dates. We started that with Craftsman. Yes. So we started another a we started another plumbing company too. Is what we ended up doing. We started another plumbing company, and then we end up we added we we started thinking to ourselves, what can we do to add different businesses that complement what we already do? Okay, so we did that. Okay. So we we always try to think what can we add that complements. So we ended up starting a carpet cleaning company. Then we started. Flood restoration, we added that to it as well. And of course, we're doing plumbing, we're doing... And now, now that time, it was a lot easier. Wouldn't you say it was a lot easier? Yeah. I mean, when he... Well, he did the Craftsman Plumbing, which, again, I don't remember how we came up with that name, but that's not as cool a story as the first one. But this time around, he, he knew what not to do, for sure. He made it small, kept it small, I should say. And... You know, he was more strategic on how many employees he had, how many vans he had. He he was more strategic on which kind of customers he was going to have. You know, service only, no no new new um, new, construction. new construction, no um, yeah, because those are the kind that don't pay forever and ever. It takes longer to get paid on a lot of jobs. Depends on what you do. It does take a lot longer to get paid. But you know, when you look at that. That we, that we knew what to do, what not to do. A lot of that was we still did the same amount of revenue, but with less people. Yeah. We figured out, when she says we kept a small, we still grew mm-hmm. financially the same way, but better and smarter because we knew what not to do, yeah. how to make it work better, how to add things better. Mm-hmm. All we did was just took that same business model and said, we're not going to add this, this, this. And we killed all the things that we knew didn't work in that business. Right. Advertisement, he knew... He learned the hard way a lot. Oh, a lot. Hey, but we look good on the billboard, I'll tell you that much. Did you like being on the billboard? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, you, you, was, come on. You know yeah, you like I being loved, on the billboard. We were on a billboard on Highway 70, and we were on two benches. And the people used to always say, they'd come sit at, on the bench, they'd send me a message, hey, we're, I'm sitting on your faces. We're sitting on you at two grocery stores locally. That was fun. That was fun. I, I did enjoy that. See, she but does enjoy that part of it. Don't let her lie to you. That didn't give us anything except name recognition. You know, we couldn't prove that that brought us anything. But as far as advertising, advertisement, he learned what not to do. Contracts, what not to do. Don't sign anything. Read everything you sign. Read everything Holy you sign. Holy shit, did I learn some lessons from that one? Oh, yeah. You get eager, you're, you're like, oh, my God, okay, you just trust everybody and you sign it and... Next thing you know, you're on the hook for a lot of money, whether you like it or not, whether it pays for itself or not. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun being the kid. Every time you drove down the road, down the highway, you look up and, hey, you look good, dude. You look good. You look good on that billboard. 
Well, so we always had our faces together in every advertisement that we did. We always felt like people wanted to connect to a couple. They wanted to connect to people. But also her being her local and being an identical twin, it made it, people knew her. They knew who she was. It would made it a heck of a lot easier for me to get customers because I had a good wife. I mean, having a good spouse can make your job as a an entrepreneur so much easier. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, if you are going to start a business, try to do it as a couple if you can, because a lot of people will look at that and go, oh, especially if it's a male dominant type business, if, if it's a female looking at it and they see their wife in the picture, they'll be like, oh, okay. They may be more prone to purchase it or be involved in it if they see the wife included. Uh, we learned that recently from a very successful uh, sales guy that keep your wife involved, it'll make a big difference, and it does, it works. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is make them feel, not feel left out. Whether it's your wife or your husband, make sure you can in- include them in some part of your business, because it makes it a lot of fun. I mean, even when we were building our first company, I remember we were trying to do pictures for advertisements, and we have our three, our three young girls, I felt bad for them. We have them holding plungers, sitting on toilets, and we have pictures. I mean, all kinds of crazy we still pictures. Have them. Of them we have one of them upside down. Upside down with, with a plunger. plunger. We're holding her by her leg. She's trying to plunge a toilet like that. I mean, they're they're holding a plunger like a sword fight. I mean, we took. We at least had fun. We always tried to make it fun for the kids. But I think one of the things that the girls found that they hated the most was when I go to pick them up from school in a plumbing van. I go pick them up in this service van. They're like, oh, my God, Dad, why would you ever show up in this van? Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I mean, the raper van, the raper van. Oh, my God, it was called the raper van or the candy van. I mean, my daughter and I are driving down the road one day through a subdivision. And some dude's, hey, hey, give me some candy. It was one of her it was one of her friend's dads. I didn't know it at the moment, but I'm like, they're like, dude, you're killing me. She already hates the van enough. Because, I mean, some parts when in business, I mean, if you can include your family, I promise you it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Versus, because when you include them, they're part of it. Mm-hmm. I think they're a part of it, and they don't feel so left out. They don't feel so alone. And they definitely feel like, you know, they're, that inclusion, I think, makes a big difference. Wouldn't you think that makes a big difference? Yeah, and he always said, but hey, that van <laughs> paid for our vacation last year. or whatever. Oh, my God, yeah, I said, hey, look, I know you hate these vans, but these vans have paid for you to go to Hawaii over and over and over and over to all these other trips you go on. So all these vans have paid for you to get to do everything you've ever wanted to do in life. So I don't want to hear your crap you don't like the van. I mean, I could have drove a cooler car, but it was more fun to pick them up in the van because you want to see them squirm a little bit. Oh, yes. Our, our kids are spoiled. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, very much. But we always included the kids into the business from our sons to our daughters. We always found a way to make sure everybody was part of what we did because... We, and until they could build their own. Now, you know, of course, my son owns his own company. My other daughter owns her own company. Our other two daughters are in there working on owning their own companies. And our other daughter, other son's working on owning a new company. Because we always included them. I think that they, they got that entrepreneurial spirit. They got that entrepreneurial mindset of like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes a big difference. Yes. So, so let me ask you a question. What do you think is the biggest challenge someone will face today wanting to go into business? If you could say... As a spouse, looking from the outside in, what do you think is the one thing that holds people back from starting a business? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of them. A lot of them is confidence. 
Some people don't feel confident enough to know enough about a business or there's too many other businesses out there of that same type of business that they do know enough of. Like it. So they just don't have the confidence to do it. Right. Or, or maybe, maybe they have the know-how, but they don't have the confidence. What do you think? Or the opposite. Or they have the confidence and they don't. But they have the know-how, they right. Don't know, I mean, but obviously that's not the biggest. Um, I, think a, I think a fear of failure is, is a big one. Well, yeah. We, we had that conversation today with someone. Right, with someone today. Well, that one was a confidence one as well. But, but it's also the fear of failure. Confidence is because of the fear of failure. Yeah, and but what was the fear of failure from? It was because what others are going to think. Right. What if, what if people make fun of me? What if it doesn't work? I mean, there's all these things you're going to be faced with when you go into business. Which kind of boils all down to confidence. To feel fear of failure, you know, not not having approval of people or, you know. Oh, my God. It's, there's confidence. Right. And there's so many things that when you think about it, people live on a starting line. They live on the starting line hoping they would do something. They wish they would just do it, but yet they never take action because they're so afraid of what others are going to think. Proper preparation gets you to the point of going. That is the thing. You know, I, I created this acronym the other day, and and I and once again we talk about raw, truthful business knowledge. Okay, I created this acronym while sitting on the toilet. I mean, come on now, I sit there on the toilet, you, you know, dropping a deuce, and and I mean, here we are. I mean, I'm thinking to myself. See, this is what my when you're in business, your mind never stops. It doesn't matter if you're in the shower, if you're on the toilet, two o'clock in the morning, if you're having sex. It it does not matter. When you're what you're doing, At the end of the day, it doesn't stop. You're always equating related something to to your business. But it was an acronym around the word fear, uh, and uh, so it says freedom equals accelerated results. Mm-hmm. And and I learned this that there's when you're scared of something, there's always tension. Like this is, you want to be over here, but you're right here, and when you're pushing it, it's pushing, pushing. It just creates tension. But if you break through that barrier, boom, it's freedom. Instantly, it accelerates your results, and I think most people, they're just scared to do it. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what if it doesn't work. Yep. But what should they really be thinking about? Well, what do you think? Maybe if, maybe more of what if it does work? Right. What do you think about that? Right. What if it does work? I mean, what excuse can you give somebody for not at least trying? That's a good question. Right. What excuse can you give someone for not at least trying? What do you think? Do they get excuses? No. So, 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 what excuse are you going to give them? They don't get one. They don't. So they don't get an excuse. <laughs> so you you have a degree in business, am I right? Yes. So what degree do I have? You have several master. Plum- what formal edu- <laughs> oh. educated degree do I have? You don't. Would you say? You do not. I do not. So I've never been to high school. Never even went to high school, but yet I've owned five different service businesses. I've written three books. I mean, so for me, you get no excuses. But then, of course, I've got five national plumbing licenses, national mechanical licenses. I have all these other things that I've acquired over the years. But when I look at someone who has nothing or no degree, the typical, the typical thing I hear all the time is this, is this. People want to go into business. They're like, well, I don't have a degree in business. But then what I find, though, is people who have a degree in business, like my wife, she'd never start a business. She has zero desire. We should never want to do it. She doesn't feel competent to do it. For her, it would be the death of her to start a business. Am I right? Right. I said that earlier. And she said that earlier. 
But what we see are people, they lack the confidence. And a lot of it's because they're not confident. They're not confident in what they're going to do. But also, you're never going to know everything. You start with right. where you are. Right. And then you learn. With what you, what you have. Learn what you don't know. Learn what you don't know. And take one step at a time. And then that one step at a time gets you where? Forward. Gets you forward. And sometimes it gets you stepped on. Sometimes it gets you lifted up. Sometimes it just depends. On, but at least you're moving in the right direction. Right. And you might get knocked down, but then you get back up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to get knocked down. Yes, I mean, you will. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, every, every person I know I've ever talked to in business has endured extreme hardships. So let me ask you something, and I already know the answer to this. For, in your first business, I mean, your, your former employee said you're going to be back. Did you ever, ever think about going back? No. Yeah. No, I was 100% committed this is all, and so now I went into the business of starting a plumbing company. You remember that. That was my business. I'm like, this is what I knew. I felt confident I could do it. I had spent six months preparing, read two books specifically on this subject. But when I went into business, it was all or nothing. And when I say all or nothing, I took any kind of job. I would repair fences. I mean, it was not plumbing related. I, I wouldn't do anything I could do at that time because I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to advertise myself. So I took anything I could get to make money. I didn't care what it was. I'd hang drywall, finish basements, finish basements I, whatever it took. Now, going into the second business that we owned, the second plumbing company, oh, I had already spent millions of dollars in advertising. I knew what didn't work. I knew what did work. I knew what I should never do again. I knew exactly what I should do, and I knew what I should focus on. We learned to focus on very specific things that were highly profitable versus things that were Less profitable. And we said, well, we don't need to do this, 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 this. We killed those things that were just time eaters. You just didn't make enough money on them. Did that answer your question? Yes. All right, cool, cool. So, so what, what, what advice would you give to a new business owner? Someone who's brand new in business or they're wanting to get into business, and what advice would you give to them? From, oh. from, from an outside perspective of being a person who's just lived with a guy who's a serial entrepreneur. Well, for one, prepare. Find a book similar. And two, find someone that has already done it. So find a mentor. A mentor, coach. So to give you guys an idea, her and I, now I've been to, God, I don't know, couldn't count the events I've been to over the years. All kinds of events. I've invested probably $300,000, if not more than that, into events, mentors, trainings. I've invested a lot of my own money into hiring smart people to help, help me. I took her to my first event, which was... What, a month and a half My ago? First yeah, her first event. I took her to this event I was going to in Phoenix to meet a guy, and she had no idea how much money I spent on it. She would have shit her pants if she would have known the amount of money I spent on that before, before she went. And I knew I couldn't tell her before she went. I knew, and I'm not telling you to hide things from your spouses, but I always say this. My business has always paid for things. So as long as it didn't hurt our personal finances, I was able to do that and she was okay with that. So we had this understanding I could do what I wanted as long as it didn't affect our personal finances in our personal life. We get out there to this, to this meeting, we, only expect for, we, only, we were only expected for two hours. This guy gave us five straight hours. A guy named Andy Elliott. We'll just, I'll tell you what his name is. Andy Elliott, he's a master sales trainer, built a nine-figure business in three years. That's huge. But what did you, what did you find by, we talked about, she said, get a mentor. Get, find someone who's already done what you want to do. 
So what did you learn that day? I mean, I mean, what sold you on, on having a mentor like him? Oh, just the time he gave us, just the value that he showed in us personally, professionally, and then the value that his employees gave us. Because it wasn't just him. It was him and his team that gave us almost the full five hours. A few of them came and went. Now, we only during... paid for two hours. We paid for two hours of yeah. his time. He'd give us five hours of undivided attention. But that five hours turned into, uh, we met him again on sun, some of them again on Sunday, and now we have friendships with a few of them. It's awesome. But, oh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing here is just if you get a mentor, make sure you get a good mentor. Make sure you get a mentor who's done what you want to do. Right. I, and I think that helps. I think that makes a huge difference. That's part of why we started this whole thing, Business for Beginners. And that's why we have a whole coaching program built around this, because we want you to have the confidence to believe, first of all, that you can do more than you ever thought you could do. That you could do way more than you imagined your, your life ever being. Versus just sitting there on the sideline looking at everybody else and, man, I wish I could do that. Right. I wish I could do that. And, and you see them you know, in these really cool cars and or this or that. Whatever it is that inspires you. But the biggest thing is, even today talking to someone, I'm like, you can do these things. And we always talk about this one thing. The only great business you'll never have is the one you don't start. Right. I mean, it, it's, it boils down to that. You can have way more than you think you can have, but you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And I heard today, I think it was your phone playing, either on TikTok or Facebook or something, someone said, you know, your boss tells you to be at work at a certain time and you show up. Your boss tells you... Listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> your boss tells you, you know, to turn in a project by this time and you do. You know, your teacher tells you a project is due or your homework is due, this time you do. But you tell yourself you're going to start an exercise program, but you don't. You tell yourself you want to start a business, but you don't. So why do you do what all these people tell you to do, but you don't And build do, their dreams. Yeah, and build their dreams, but you're not building your own or you're not doing what you want to do. Yeah, you, you listen to what everybody else tells you, but you don't listen to yourself. You tell yourself you want to do it, but you never actually take action and actually do it. That's sort of I don't him. know who said that. But. I don't either. We were listening to it on, on, on maybe TikTok or whatever I think, it was. I but think it was his phone. It was even in the background because I was doing something else, but it, his phone was in the background because he always watches those videos. And it just, yeah. But it definitely hit home. I, yeah, I think it, it hit home a lot because when you think about it, we live our lives for other people. Yes. Most people do. They live their lives in wonder of like, what if I could have done that? Like, what? A, to me, that's such a wasted life. And I'm not being, you know... Uh, you know, I do work for someone else, so I'm not saying... Oh, no, no. Yeah, we love employees. So. <laughs> employees make your business... Be when, when you go into business, you're going to need employees. Right. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Employees are phenomenal. And that, but that's not the point. The point is that can be applied to every right. part of your life, not just as a business perspective. In any part of your life, you want to write a book, you never do it. You, you want to do this, you never do it. You want to do this, you never do it. You want to go skydiving, you never, you never, you never take a chance on yourself. The, on the back of this shirt, so we have, if you look at this shirt, it says 957. So, what does that mean, Eric? Oh, you don't know what that means, Sean? I thought no. you knew what that meant. Uh, oh, my God, I'm married to you for this long, and you don't know what this means? I'm just kidding. Okay, so 957, is we teach you how to go from that 9 to 5 mindset to the 7-figure entrepreneur mindset. But on the back of the shirt, on the back of the shirt, what does it say? Um, oh, um, my God, here we go. It says, I took a took chance, chance on myself. On myself. Sorry. It says, I took a chance on myself. And I think, isn't, don't you think that's the biggest thing people can do for themselves yeah. is just take a chance? Yep. What's the worst that happens? 
is you learn. You don't fail. Right. People are going to make fun of you regardless, whether you succeed. or If you succeed, they're going to make fun of you. If you fail, they're going to make fun of you. So right. who gives a shit? Right. Start living your life on your terms. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it just makes no sense that we waste our whole life away and never get what we really want, all because of we were afraid of what others were going to think and what others were going to say. Right. I mean, don't you think that's such a waste of a life? Yes. Horrible. It is. Horrible. All right, Shelly, so quick question here. What dreams do you have moving forward for your life? Here you are, you're, what, 61, 62? How old are you again? Oh, you're 52. We're the same age. Oh, she's 50. No, we're only two months her. of the same <laughs> I can age. I her about her age. So here you are at 52 years old. What are your dreams for the future? What would you like to do? I would like to retire soon. She'd like to retire soon. Soon is a relative term because I think a while ago I said at the age of 55, so that's only in three years, but. And that's part of the project. It could we could be yeah, a right. little longer, depending. And that was a part of, part of hiring a new mentor was we, we talked about that. Right at the mentorship meeting was that we're going to work on this, 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 so your wife can just retire free. But also she likes her job, so. Uh, yeah, I, would, I do. That would be hard for you to retire. I do like my job, I like my coworkers, I like, you know, that part of it. But I do want to retire, I do want to work with him and doing this, I want to travel more, I want to hang out with my grandkids. You know, right now we only have four. She looks good for a grandma, doesn't she? Uh-huh, uh-huh. We only have four. And that's only out of two of our six kids, so I guarantee you that's going to grow really fast, or at least. Oh yeah, you know, and the so. best part about grandkids is they usually go home. <laughs> <laughs> they go home. That's always the best part. Better than raising. I always say, if you're going to raise kids, just rent a kid. It's so much cheaper. Just rent a kid. If you don't like them, you just get rid of them, send them home, and it's just no. But seriously, it's he cool that you it. have dreams. I mean, that's a good dream to have. It really is. Yeah. To want to retire, want to start living your life. But we, even though she's had a job, we've always been blessed to live life on our own terms still. We've been able to travel. We would do an average of five or six vacations a year. You know, some are small trips, some are bigger trips. But we always found time to travel. I mean, we bought, a, you know, as a business, we bought three condos at the beach. You know, we owned three at one time. And uh, it was just, so it was a business. A part of, so you really have owned, started your own business. Oh, yeah. When you think about it, you're, you're a property I manager. So she is a professional property manager <laughs> for our condo at the beach in Florida. Yeah, we're down to one condo now, and that is another thing about my job is I can work from there, so I'm blessed with that ability to work remote, so that helps too. So it makes a big difference, but the, the point of all this whole podcast, guys, is going to be this, is I want you to listen, I want you to learn, and I want you to find the confidence to believe in yourself and know that you can have a better life. I want you to believe that you can have whatever life you choose to have. That life's going to be up to you to make it. It's going to be up to you to take a chance on yourself. One of my... Favorite things I've ever, ever heard anybody say was by Steve Siebold. And he said that uh, you can read all the books, you can go to all the events, you can go to all the conferences, you can have all the mentors, but at the end of the day, it's you who has to slay the dragon. Nobody can get you off that starting line. It's going to be you who has to slay the dragon. Nobody else can do it for you. That's going to be the key. When you walk away from this podcast today, I want you to say, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you just go do, even if it's something small, take a small step towards the goal, the dream that you want to have in your life. Don't make excuses. Don't make any excuses for yourself at all. 
Just go do what it is you want to do. All right, guys. So, hey, let's go wrap this podcast up. So we want to say thank you to our guest, Shelly Rios. We're so glad you're here. And I'm honored that my wife chose to be on this podcast with me because I knew how much she did not want to do this. This isn't really her cup of tea, so I'm really grateful that you, that you were here with us. Remember, this podcast is a business for beginners where we share the good, the bad, and the funny. It's unscripted. It's raw, truthful business knowledge to help the aspiring entrepreneur build the dream of their lives. This is what we do. We help them grow their empire. Okay, one last thing before we end, okay? So this is the one thing we're going to do in every podcast. When you come to a podcast, we have one final thing that we're going to do. I'm going to put my glasses on for this. So I love books. So if you can see behind me, you see me say I love books. This book's called 3,000 Questions About Me. We're always going to ask someone just a random, dumb question. I have no idea what it's going to be because there's 3,000 questions in here. So we're going to open up a book. We're going to put it on the hot seat right now to ask you just a quick question and hear the answer. Now, I want, a, I want a forceful answer. I want an answer that's truthful. No lies, no stories. Just hit me hard, all right? Are you ready? All right, here we go. This is such an easy one. Should I give her a harder one? Should I? No, okay, here we go. What is your favorite way to spend a Sunday? Today's Monday. <laughs> Dang. Favorite way to spend a Sunday? Well, get up and have coffee with my husband. Boom, baby. And depending on the weather, go for a walk with or without the dogs, depending on how they're acting. Uh, hang out with the grandkids. And then probably mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah, we do have a large yard. We have 12 acres, so that does. We have a large yard. And then probably end it maybe with a nice dinner out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, So thank you for your question. Thank you for your answer. I appreciate it. All right, guys, so listen up. On the next podcast, we're going to be interviewing business owners all the time. We'll always be interviewing a new business owner every single week. I want you to be a part of the podcast. I want you to get excited about your life, and I want you to become the very best version of yourself and live the life of your dreams. This is Business for Beginners.